The University of Florida College of Medicine is accredited by the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, ACCME, to provide continuing medical education for physicians. The University of Florida College of Medicine designates this enduring material for a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Physicians should claim only the credit commensurate with the extent of their participation in this activity. Today we're talking to Dr. Peter Jungulewski. He's an associate professor and chief of the Division of Head and Neck Oncologic and Microvascular Reconstructive Surgery at the University of Florida, and he practices at UF Health Shands Hospital in Gainesville. Our topic today is robotic surgery in head and neck cancer treatment. Dr. DZ, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like to just set the stage for other providers. Explain a little bit about the prevalence of head and neck cancer and some common conditions and factors that can lead to it. The fifth or sixth most common cancer in the United States, depending on the year, um, it accounts for probably less than 5% of all cancers. um, But the Incidence of it has increased in the last two decades, and that's mainly because of the incidence of uh, the human papillomavirus and infections of the oral pharynx or the tonsils and base of tongue. So it's not the most common cancer, but it's certainly one that's becoming much more known and um, talked about in the news. Then let's talk about the clinical presentation and how important early diagnosis is as being crucial to improve outcome prediction. So head and neck cancers um, encompass the cancers um, of the head and neck, including the oral cavity, so sites like the tongue, the floor mouth, the jaw, uh, oral pharynx, so cancers of the tonsils and the base of tongue. Um, also cancers of the larynx and hypopharynx. And so depending on where the cancers start will dictate how the patient may present. So this can present as a sore or an ulcer inside the mouth that's not going away after a few weeks. Uh, Patients can present with a growth inside the mouth or the throat. Uh, Some will present with just a neck mass as uh, the first place that these cancers tend to spread to are lymph nodes in the neck. And then others can have more extreme presentations, such as difficulty swallowing, difficulty breathing, change of voice, um, or unexplained weight loss. So there's kind of a spectrum of uh, presentations that um, patients may come to their doctor with. Early diagnosis is absolutely crucial because the earlier you can diagnose one of these cancers, the better the patient's survival. And because these cancers are in such a very intricate area of the body, the treatment can have certainly devastating effects on the patient. And the smaller the cancer, the earlier the stage, the less side effects patients are going to have from treatment. So ideally, if you catch the cancer early, you can save the patient's life and still maintain an excellent quality of life and functional outcomes. Well, thank you for that, Dr. DZ. So due to the sensitivity of this type of cancer and its intricate nature, Tell us about some of the advancements that have been made in the treatment as far as minimally invasive technology, robotics, that could allow surgeons to access hard-to-reach areas of the mouth and throat. So one of the technologies that's developed over the last 15 years is robotic surgery. And in the past, whenever we'd have to cut out a tumor in the back of the mouth or the throat, we would have to do maximally invasive approaches, meaning we would have to cut the patient's jaw open and cut through their lip and get to the cancer, remove it, and then reconstruct the area. Um, A lot of these surgeries would take a dozen hours or so to finish, 
and patients would have uh, very morbid long-term effects from this, including difficulty swallowing, speaking, and, and poor quality of life. And with the use of the robot, what we're able to do is put a camera in the patient's mouth, as well as two robotic arms that we can control remotely from another console in the room. And by doing this, we can get into the back of the mouth and the back of the throat and uh, cut out and resect tumors that we otherwise could not get to very easily. So this allows us to preserve normal structures, um, such as uh, parts of the tongue, the muscles in the mouth and tongue, as well as the nerves in that area. And so this allows patients to heal quicker and return to functions of swallowing and speech, which is something they may not have been able to do in the past. Also, it's given us an opportunity to treat certain tumors, such as um, those of the tonsils and the base of tongue, um, surgically, whereas before we would rely much more on radiation therapy, which can have a lot more long-term side effects. So the idea here is that we want to minimize patients' long-term side effects by minimizing exposure to um, more toxic treatments, such as high doses of radiation and chemotherapy. So with the use of robotic surgery, we're able to give patients more options uh, with similar or better cure rates and much less toxicity in the future. For the surgeons, the benefits, how is endoscopic instrumentation coupled with improved intraoperative imaging helping you to reach those areas? Speak about the benefits for the surgeon. The robotic instrumentation um, gives us seven degrees of freedom, meaning that we can move the robotic instruments in every direction that our wrist and our fingers can move. And we can adjust how much uh, movement we want in those instruments. We can magnify our movements or um, we can minimize them so that we can eliminate hand tremor or we can make the robotic instruments move quicker or faster depending on the movements we need. And we couple that with high-definition endoscopes and we can get a very close-up view of the anatomy that we're operating around. So this lets us identify structures much sooner than we would normally so we can preserve normal anatomy. Also, it lets us get a great view of the tumor so we can stay away from the margins of the tumor. And um, it's just a much more comfortable for us to operate in small areas by essentially making ourselves down to the size of a, um, a nickel or smaller and being able to operate in a very small area. And that's, that's what the high-definition cameras let us do. Technology is amazing for what you're doing and what an exciting time for the advancements in head and neck cancer. You mentioned the daily lives of patients because of this type of cancer, whether it's eating, self-esteem, speech, appearance, all of those things. Speak for us, Dr. Deasy, about after surgery and the aftercare cancer team and the multidisciplinary approach that might be needed. So here at UF Health Shands Hospital, uh, we have a very large multidisciplinary team um, for patients undergoing head and neck cancer treatment. And that all starts with our surgical team. So we have surgeons and fellows and residents looking after patients. And then after patients get through surgery, we have subspecialized nurses and nurse practitioners, nurse navigators who help patients get through their entire treatment plan. Because a lot of these patients will need additional treatment in the future, and that may be radiation or chemotherapy. And so we have physicians that treat patients based on those treatment modalities. And then after patients go through all of that, their treatment's not done. Now they have to recover. And so that involves intensive speech and swallowing therapy, physical therapy, consultations with the dietitian, 
um, consultations with dentists and prosthodontists. And so there's a huge team looking after patients to try to get them back to looking as normal as possible, feeling as normal as possible, and functioning as normal as possible. And that functioning can be very simple things, such as being able to lift one's arms above one's head to wash your hair or comb your hair, um, to being able to eat out in public, to being able to speak over the phone, lots of things that we just take for granted that are completely changed with uh, these patients forever. And so there, there is a long-term dedication that these patients need to be uh, part of, and that's not just their treatment, but their uh, long-term rehabilitation. And um, here at uh, UF Health Shands, we have um, a functional outcomes clinic where we follow our patients long-term and try to um, improve all of these functions that we possibly can. And the earlier we do that, uh, the better the patients do uh, for the rest of their lives. Well, that certainly is a comprehensive approach. Tell us a little bit about current research. What does it indicate for future developments in treatments? Give us a little blueprint. And while you're doing that, are there some treatments or research that you're doing at UF Health Shands Hospital that other physicians may not be aware of? So a lot of research uh, that we're doing at UF Health Shands Hospital involves um, clinical research as well as basic science research. So on the um, clinical sides of things, we're looking at utilizing newer technologies to improve reconstruction and head and neck surgery. Um, so for example, one of the things that we do is surgical planning on a computer where we can take a patient's CT scan and we can upload that and get a three-dimensional image of their craniofacial skeleton. And then we can also take an image of another part of their body, such as a bone in their leg, like the fibula or the scapula from their back. And we can plan exactly how we're going to remove their tumor. So if we're going to cut out part of their jaw, we can plan that exactly what we're going to do on the computer. And then we can also plan the reconstruction on the computer. And from that, we can print out a three-dimensional model of the patient's jaw with our reconstructive plan on that. And we can also print off cut guides that we can use in the OR so that we can make the exact cuts we are planning to make. So we can put those onto the jaw, cut out the cancer. We can put the cut guides on the leg bone, the fibula, for example, make our cuts on there. We can put dental implants into the bone at the same time. And then we can do the whole reconstruction um, on the same day of surgery. And then once the patients heal, we can uncover their dental implants and give them teeth, which is something we weren't able to do um, 10, 20 years ago. And uh, this is something that we're starting to use more and more and more. And almost every patient that um, goes through one of these operations, we're able to do this virtual planning on um, ahead of time. And what that means for the patient is more precise reconstructions, um, faster OR times, and by decreasing the patient's time under anesthesia, we help them heal faster, and that decreases their chance of complications. And what this translates to in the short term is quicker recovery, um, a quicker time to additional treatments, and then what it translates to in the long term is just better um, appearance and better functional outcomes, which essentially translates to better quality of life in the future. So that's one of the big areas that we're, we're focusing on. Other areas in the basic science domain include research on using nanoparticles in the treatment of head and neck cancers and developing targeted treatments. Um, over the last 10 years or so, um, there have been new, newer and newer um, 
technologies being developed to um, promote drugs that attack various cancer targets at the uh, molecular level. And it seems that almost every month a new target is, is being developed. And uh, we are you know, very involved in developing tumor vaccination treatments and nanoparticle treatments that focus on attacking those uh, molecular uh, markers in um, head and neck cancers. And the goal is to develop um, drugs that eventually would be able to uh, fight head and neck cancer without having to use any toxic treatment. So um, we are working on that. We have a lab that's dedicated to that. And that's one of the other um, exciting areas that we're focusing on. Well, thank you for that answer. So interesting as we wrap up. Tell other physicians what you'd like them to know about head and neck cancer surgery, reconstruction, and when you feel it's important that they refer to the specialists at UF Health Shands Hospital. So I think one of the biggest points is that head and neck cancer is a very potentially devastating disease for patients. However, we have come a very long way in the last 30 years. Uh, surgeries are not nearly as disfiguring and dysfunctioning as they once were. Uh, we have a lot of technology that's enabled us to use minimally invasive methods um, to remove cancers and much more improved technologies to reconstruct patients so that they can function afterwards. And one of the most important things is that patients uh, see someone who is the leader of the head and neck cancer team um, at their uh, at their institution. And that's often going to be a surgeon who can direct the patient to the appropriate treatment. One of the things that we really value at UF Health uh, Shands is a multidisciplinary comprehensive approach. And that all starts at our head and neck cancer tumor board. And so patients are often referred to uh, myself and one of my colleagues as a surgeon, and we bring the case to our tumor board and we discuss the case and we uh, plan what we think will be the best option for the patient to maximize their survival and balance that with quality of life and functional outcomes. And so I think one of the most important things is making sure that the patients get referred to the appropriate clinic and to the appropriate uh, person who's an expert in head neck cancer. This isn't one of those uh, disease types that can be dealt with just by anybody. These patients really need a whole team looking after them. And so here at UF Health Chance, that starts with uh, myself and one of my colleagues, a head neck cancer surgeon. Wow, such great information. What a fascinating topic. Dr. DZ, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise. That concludes this episode of UF Health Med EdCast with UF Health Shands Hospital. To learn more about cancer clinical trials available at the UF Health Cancer Center, please visit ufhealth.org navigator. You can also learn more about this and other healthcare topics at UF Health Shands Hospital if you visit ufhealth.org medmatters to get connected with one of our providers. For more health tips and updates on the latest medical advancements and breakthroughs, please follow us on your social channels. I'm Melanie Cole.